Welcome back to season 17 of Food for Thought. It's incredible to be here. My name is Rhiannon Lambert. For everyone that doesn't know, the reason this podcast is so unique is that I myself am a registered nutritionist. So I have two nutritional science degrees, a master practitioner, further diplomas in different areas of nutrition. The Retrition Clinic I founded in 2016. We have some amazing psychologists, dietitians, nutritionists in there to help you with your one-to-one advice. Not forgetting also if you need any additional support to your diet, we have Retrition Plus, which is formulated for you with the latest scientific research out there. Now, we're here to bring you a fantastic series ahead full of tons of amazing guests. If you need any extra information, you can find Retrition across all social media platforms, even from TikTok to Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. And of course, you can head over to Amazon and leading bookshops and find any Rhiannon Lambert authored book out there from the science of nutrition to recipe books about pregnancy and of course my first baby back in 2017 renourish so let's get on to it enjoy season 17 of food for thought welcome back to food for thought and today is a really special episode of the podcast now it's been made possible by british airways holidays i'm ever so grateful they're on a mission to make sure that all of us take our holidays seriously now This is a bonus episode today, and I have to say, based on the stats, it's a little bit shocking, and I never really took holidays as seriously as perhaps I should have done. I've always worked through them. Did you know, for instance, that 50% of employed adults in the UK fail to use up their annual leave? I find that kind of mind-boggling, but as a business owner, I sort of get it. This accounts for half of British workers who miss out on their full annual break simply due to not finding the time. Guys, this is really important, and that's why I wanted to do this episode today, because to make matters even worse than that, 42% of us admit to feeling work-related stress on holiday. Hands up, that is definitely me, and 46% still find themselves working even when they're on holiday. So I feel shockingly ashamed to say I fall into these stats, but I am willing to make a change. So the European Society of Cardiology revealed that men who took more than three weeks of leave, so that's across the year, were 63% more likely to live longer than those who took three weeks or less. That's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? And British Airways Holidays' latest YouGov survey found that 79% of those who agreed that taking a break is good for their mental health. Now, Let's just throw this out there and say, look, we need to take it seriously because actually not having a break from your everyday life is impacting your health. So today's guest is Dr. Marianne Trent. She is a clinical psychologist. She specializes in anxiety, in grief. Specialisms include depression, stress, which is important for this episode. And she's the host of the Aspiring Psychologist podcast. She's an author of a number of books, and they include the Clinical Psychologist Collective. And with her grounding in clinical psychology, Marianne joins us today to talk through the importance of holidaying, the link between rest and wellness, just keeping well. And I found talking to her very inspiring. She gave me some huge stats on the importance as a child even of having different memories, something called moments of awe. Let's start the podcast. So hello, Marianne. Hi, Rhiannon. Lovely to meet you. You too. Thank you so much for coming on. I think that this Food for Thought in particular today, this podcast is very much needed because I don't know about you, but I am... I am that person that has always worked on my holidays, if I'm being honest. I own a business and we now know, of course, that we have to switch off. So could you start by discussing the impact on our mental health and our well-being and why holidays are not just this um, glorified thing everyone does every year? It's actually quite important. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's not just about the gloss, is it? You know, it's not just about the Instagram photos. It's actually much more important than that. So if we think about one of the primary functions of holidays to be kind of de-stressing us, but also when we are reduced in stress, it kind of gives us a chance to see how well we can be. So we might see benefits in our physical health. We might see benefits in our mental health. We might see benefits even in our parenting. You know, if you've got more kind of window of tolerance, more flexibility because you are de-stressed, you know, it's beneficial for all. Um, yeah. And it just helps us with optimism, with hope, with feeling, I guess, like life is not just a treadmill. You know, there's something yeah. else. No, I like I like that you said, actually, that obviously um, we've got a broad spectrum of listeners that are parents that aren't parents. But equally, the fact that you can become happier within yourself with a change of scene. And I find that really fascinating in terms of um I know it from a nutritional angle of research when, you know, you're stressed and you're indoors, whereas the minute you get fresh air, you feel better. But I think a change of scene is so crucial because I know for one that let's take the Christmas that's just gone for an example. The weather's dismal. I'm stuck in the house. There's nowhere I can really take the kids because everywhere's shut. And I just become a bit more snappy. Why, why is that? Why is this change of scene so crucial to our optimism, like you said, and becoming almost like a better version of yourself? Yeah, I think that's it. You've hit the nail on the head. It frees you up to be our best selves, really. And whilst we don't want to be, you know, a better parent or a better partner or a better version of ourselves just because we're being observed, sometimes putting ourselves into novel environments um, and even being helped a little bit, you know, um, even if it's going out for dinner or, you know, going out and actually staying in a hotel, that kind of is a bit of a pressure release valve, isn't it? You know, you can think about being in a hotel as almost having like your own private butler <laughs> for a week, you know, and how amazing that yeah. would be um, to just be supported. It's part of that it takes a village, not just to raise your children, but to raise yourself, you know. It doesn't need to be so isolating. And actually, you can be more mindful about that. Do you think there's a difference in the UK versus other countries in the world in the in the fact the way that we look at vacations you know when we look at escapes and we look at holidays and the emphasis because I know the emphasis we put around our lunch break is not strong in this country yet in other countries they take it as a we need this time out so we can be more productive but do you think we're going wrong here? Um, even with lunch breaks, I am very protective of my lunch break. And when I've been in teams, I take a lunch break, I will go and sit somewhere and it can become kind of, it can become quite compelling that people come and join you because that's, you know, you give them permission to do that. And I think the same has to be true with holidays. We have got to give ourselves permission and there's got to be a company or even a self-employed culture where holidays are seen as essential, not necessarily jet setting, um, but of course that can be beneficial, but it's got to not be seen as failure to be taking your mm. holiday. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, anything extravagant. I think holidays are looked at, you know, a lot of people have family abroad, for instance. And I think even if they go and take a trip to see their family, they may not even have checked into that hotel, like we said, but 
you know, they are checking out. And God, it reminds me of, um, do you know, I say I've worked on most holidays, which I have, but I do have such amazing memories from times when, you know, I, I went away and I didn't work for a few days. And it's almost, it takes me a while to settle into it. Why, why does it take us a few days? Because I find it's day three or four. I've only ever been away for a week. But when you get to that point, then I can actually switch off because it takes me ages to get in the zone of being off. I think it's that hyper awareness, isn't it? So it's almost like a trauma hangover from your life where you are ready, you're primed for action. Um, I have had the opposite of you. And actually, I was once away for six months. So I was traveling independently. Amazing, amazing. But even that you kind of, you need a break from the hedonism. So as part of that, I went to stay. Um, I guess we can think about our holidays as having multiple different functions. And some of those might be family and connection. Some of it might be exploration. Some of it might be culture. Some of it might be just kind of gastronomy or, you know, improving the relationship with our partners. But even within this kind of six months of solo travel, it was nice to be able to go and stay with some family and to get that decompression where I was able to leave my passport on their dining table. No, it wouldn't be robbed you know, from, from fellow backpackers. And actually, that's, that's really important as well. Even in an extended holiday, there needs to be a time where you can kind of relax a bit more and feel less on, on the go, you know, more relaxed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Six months. I mean, that sounds absolutely amazing. Was that sort of like a gap year um, holiday or something you just decided I need to do this? Yeah, so it was after I did my undergraduate degree um, and I saved up um, doing all manner of different types of work and then went away um, with a very good friend. um, And we went to Thailand for six weeks, Australia for 10 weeks, um, New Zealand for three weeks, and then Fiji and San Diego just for a day, (laughs) and then Mexico for six weeks, you know, so it was just under six months, but really incredible as an experience and that doesn't you know if someone's saying well that must have been so expensive it doesn't always need to be high-end travel you know there's a real mixture of things that were happening there there was some culture there was some relaxation but what I think we can often forget about holidays even mini breaks you know I'm a big fan of a mini break as well Mm. is that that can essentially last you a lifetime you know can you think of a time a holiday you've had where you're able to connect to what you really liked about that it might be a time you're sitting in a hammock it might be a sunset you saw it might be a really enjoyable meal or feeling really connected with your family or your partner you can draw on that to help you weather the storm in in future yeah no absolutely I think one of my um I don't actually set resolutions but One of the things that I've become acutely aware of, and I think partly it's thanks to doing this podcast and having discussions with professionals like yourself, is the fact that the last few years, I have been that person who, you know, running a business, having responsibility, who have always worked. I've just always worked when I've been away because I've always had something to do. I've even done features for BBC News when I was in Tuscany, you know, queued up to my hotel room. And I look back and it's difficult. I wouldn't say regret, but I definitely did not come back feeling refreshed like you should do. And my resol- my sort mm-hmm. of resolution is this year, 
you know, it's the last year I've got before my eldest goes to school. We want to travel and make as many memories as possible because I think one of the things that holidays enable you to have is those amazing memories, like you said, that you can tap into when times are tough. And I love having something to look forward to. So I think a goal, I'm going to call it a goal. I prefer a goal, actually. I think a goal is a bit more realistic is just to get away a bit more for, like you said, mini breaks Mm -hmm. or um, potentially gearing up to a long haul flight with the kids at the end of the year, which I'll be very excited about. So I think that's definitely a target for probably other professionals listening as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about setting your intentions. So if you're saying to yourself, when I go on holiday, actually, I'm sort of prepared to do a bit of agile working. So there's a difference, isn't there, between agile working, which is where you are just doing your job in a different setting, or whether this is actually a holiday with bits that you are prepared to do some agile working in. Mm. And if you're not prepared to do agile working, then it's tricky because I'm self-employed as well. You may need to be in a position where you're saying no to self-employed opportunities because you're choosing your own emotional and your family's emotional nourishment. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, that's really helpful and reassuring as well to people. Um, my listeners will know I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old and I'm, I'm just getting, we didn't actually go away, to be honest, in deliberately in the first year because there was just a lot of admin that came with it. But it is possible, isn't it, for people to travel with youngsters just as much as when their children get bigger. So there's lots of facilities, I think, that, you know, airlines like BA can offer as well and support, which I think is really, really important. And we actually flew um, the one trip we did do because my friends got married in Ibiza at the beginning of the year. We flew to Spain. We did fly with BA and it was just seamless. And I have to say, I was dreading it. I'm not going to not going to sugarcoat it. I was thinking, oh my goodness, even the two and a half hours and people fly for longer with the children. I was thinking, how am I going to occupy them? What's it going to be like? But actually the process of even getting on the plane is a holiday for the kids, isn't it? You know, they find it all fascinating. Absolutely. My kids' favourite bit of any holiday is the flight and the room or, or, you know, the, the place that we're staying. It's a real chance for them to explore, isn't it? And I think we need to give them time to settle into that as well. You know, we don't necessarily need to get all the quiz books out and occupy their every moment, don't necessarily need to be on tablets. We can let them explore that. And, you know, one of the things um, about holidays is they give us that opportunity for awe, you know, like to be awe-inspired. And when did you last have that moment of awe? But certainly if you've never been in a plane before, imagine being able to see the clouds Mm. from next to your seat. That's awe-inspiring. And actually for children, for all of us, it's good for our mental health, even our physical health, to be around awe, to be inspired. And when we're taking holidays, it might be something like Niagara Falls. It might be something like, I don't know, like little little glowworm caves that you can go to in New Zealand. Amazing. Uh, It might be, you know, Australia, it might be Fraser Island, the large, it might be seeing sharks, it might be seeing giant redwood trees, you know, it might be seeing sunsets, it might be seeing sunrise, but that sense of awe does amazing things to us in terms of our well-being. But in terms of our children, if anyone's listening to this as a child, children that have experiences of awe have better well-being, they're more creative, their regulation of their emotional systems is actually better. So maybe that will be an additional incentive to 
try and create some awe for your children before they go to school. Is that the the term then that you would use? Um, a sense of awe is that that's the clinical term that you use. That's incredible. I had no idea. And so it doesn't have to be that expensive, though, does it? What about people that are looking to go on a short haul flight, like just pop over the channel to France or to Spain somewhere locally? They can still get those senses of awe. Absolutely. This doesn't need to be a massively expensive endeavour. And actually, you know, sometimes just going and standing by a seaside um, or seeing a giant river in flow, that can induce that sense of awe. You know, I'm fairly landlocked where I live. And so sometimes just being by water or being up high and looking out, you get that awe. And actually, being in the moment can be really important. So not necessarily just thinking about your phone memory. Let's think about our own memories. Let's think about maybe trying to activate some senses when we're there as well. So thinking about, well, what can you see? And if you're with a child, you know, what can you see? What can you hear? What can you maybe taste in the air? Maybe the air tastes different. And what can we feel under our feet? And in terms of our going forward, we're then able to make that moment of awe and connection last longer because we can tap into that at a later stage. It's fascinating. Is that the reason why I think as adults, you know, a lot of people say they can't remember a lot of what happened when they were very small, but they do remember holidays. Is that because it taps into a different part of the brain or the memory in the hippocampus? Is there something to do with how we store these memories and senses of awe? It's probably to do with the novel concepts. So, We don't necessarily remember every single day we've woken up in the same bed. Um, But if we're doing something different, then that is stored differently. It's encoded differently. But also in terms of retrieval, you know, like I said, we go back in and we take another look at it. We're perhaps more likely to practice that retrieval of that really lovely holiday and that time that mummy or daddy or, you know, my sister was really, I haven't got a sister, but if I had one, you know, my brother was really available to me to spend time with, you know, as a child. And what a great time we had rather than, you know, having to do football or homework or, you know, all the other stuff that is, is part of life so it's probably a mixture of things but you know my my family still reminisce about holidays and my um my husband and his family are always talking about holidays they've enjoyed so you're getting that regular kind of retrieval um which is important it is important and actually for your gut health it's equally important that's something i should mention i think a lot of people have worries about their digestive health when they're traveling but actually being exposed to different what i like to call gut bugs you know microbes and different foods when you go to different places is so beneficial for diversity of course there's following safe hygiene practices and being aware of different countries and what they have to offer in terms of drinking water that sort of thing you know washed foods in tap water but aside from that exposing yourself to diversity in life especially when we're looking at like you said your mental health the experiences we store from childhood the food is really crucial so is it better what would you say in terms of what type of holidays people are probably thinking right Ree, you've inspired me I want to go book a holiday I'm going to save for the next six months or a year and I'm going to really look forward to something should they set their sights on a relaxation holiday Or from what you've just said, should they be going out and booking all these action packed um, activities or is is it a balance between the two? 
It's most definitely a balance and it's so unique, isn't it? We are all so different. And actually, you know, when we book the holiday, we might be thinking, well, I'm going to go canoeing, you know, I'm going to go and climb a mountain, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, it's going to be incredible. When the time comes, we might just not necessarily be in that headspace. And so it's allowing yourself that permission to be flexible, isn't it? You know, that's so important. But, you know, there's all those different types of holiday, you know, adventure, culture, family, connection, um, you know, all those many different types. And maybe it's okay to take a little bit of all of those. Mm. You know, maybe actually one of your goals is, certainly if you've got young children, maybe you're thinking, I'd like to have a few afternoon naps. And that's okay. That's not a waste of your holiday. That's an investment in yourself. Yeah, no, it is. And I mean, this might be a bit of a pipe dream, but do you think, um, for many people listening, if we had just booked that holiday, we could avoid burnout? Could we avoid getting ourselves in the the state? You know, for instance, I've neglected it with the young kids last year. Perhaps if I booked it, I would avoid a period of chronic stress. But I think be kind to yourself, Rhiannon. You've you've done your best with the resources you've had. And it's it's really hard being a parent. It doesn't give you the opportunity to to do what would be a list gold standard choices of action all the time because you're prioritizing many of the times you're prioritizing others needs and keeping that equilibrium so please do be kind to yourself and sometimes you just think you know what we're managing this this is working we're going to keep things consistent and keep them in their own beds because I have a sense that that might lead to better sleep you know and less chaos and that's okay but so I think about holidays as being the cherry on the cake for our wellness they're not a safety valve if we're only having those when we're risking burnouts that's kind we're kind of doing it wrong and what we might find so there's evidence that suggests actually that the benefits of a holiday for most people are kind of neutralized by 11 days post holiday. And that's kind of sad, isn't it? You know, that's not what I would hope if you spent, you know, if you spent any amount of money, you'd hope that it might last longer than 11 days. So I think the ways to maximize that is to make sure you've got as good a work-life balance as possible so that you are getting as much rest as you can. So that we're not, I guess we're thinking about we're not using coping strategies that we know might be harmful to us that might not be our ideal so we might not be reaching for the wine or the beer um, as a way of managing our life to try and make sure that the stress is lower so that we're not having to do that so that when we go on holiday we can kind of plunge straight in and enjoy it rather than having to completely de-stress to be able to enjoy it. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's really sensible advice, actually. And I don't think there are quick fixes to things in life. But like we've said, taking time out, be it that mini break, just go away for a weekend even, will obviously reduce your stress levels to some degree with that change of scene. And I think one big problem in our culture today, especially in the Western world, is this work-life balance and the, the levels of stress that we're exposed to. Because when stress becomes a daily factor rather than moments of stress every now and again, that's when we increase our risk of a variety of poor health ailments that are out there. So let me ask you, do you have any top tips for being able to de-stress um, and then, you know, 
Is it important that perhaps we delete apps from our phone, for instance, when we do go away? Is, is there a way of utilizing the technology and de-stressing? I'm going to throw that, throw that at you. Top tips. Okay. It's a big question, that one, but I will it do is, my sorry. best. So I think <laughs> it's all right. So I would say it is, again, it's different for different people. So um, even when I'm thinking about when I've been employed, I was making sure that I had made enough space so that there there was a chance to take that holiday Um, and I wasn't just cramming my days and weeks either side of that holiday with the work I would be doing on that holiday because that is going to neutralize your holiday when you come back that's going to make you stressed and overwhelmed before you go Um, but it's also I think giving yourself knowing you've got time perhaps to check your emails, give yourself a day or half a day to get back afterwards um, and do all of that before you have to actually, you know, be productive. And similarly, maybe you can have a day before you go, especially if you've got children, where you do the packing, where you actually get your nails done, you know, so that you feel like you're holiday ready. And then coming back, you perhaps get a day to do the laundry so that you're not straight back in. Um, You know, the kids are off to childcare, wherever they are. um, Or maybe your partner is off to work and you have some time and headspace to process what you're about to do or what you've just done. Um, But in terms of it's, it's different strokes for different folks. Yeah. You know, you might not feel comfortable deleting your apps, but it's, it's about being boundaried and actually knowing actually this is protected time. This time that I'm going to the cinema or I'm going walking or I'm going climbing or I'm going rock climbing, I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm going to allow myself to perhaps go on my phone for an hour before dinner. That's when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm because it's about being respectful to yourself who you're with as well, you know, is your partner signing up to the fact that you're having a working holiday or is actually that that's not what they imagined this would be. So it's just trying to trying to make sure, make sure you're keeping yourself happy because, you know, your work does matter. Everybody's work is important to them, but it's knowing that actually we can have that real benefit of decompression where we're just allowed to be ourselves. And sometimes we're not quite sure what that is going to be like, you know? What would I be like without yeah. a psychologist? What would you be like without the nutritionist? But we can explore. And maybe we want to learn something when we're on holiday. We want to do something new, develop mm. a sense of mastery. Or maybe we just want to read a book on a sun lounger and that's okay. What you said is so interesting. I hadn't even thought about the fact our identities are so are so taken up with what we do for a living. If you ask somebody, who are you? often they'll give their job title rather than who they actually are as a person. And that takes time to explore. So, I mean, what on earth would life be like without a holiday or a break then? It, it, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about it now we've just said that. It's, it's, I, for me, I think it would be a little bit less bleak and there'd be less opportunity. So I always think that actually it's really nice to do a joy audit. So I'll do this with the clients that I'm working with. And how much have you got going on in your life at the moment where you're feeling joy, either in the moment or anticipation of that moment? Um, And if we don't have nice things planned, then there might be less chance for joy. And we need that whole wealth of emotional experiences, don't we? Um, Life shouldn't always be about a slog. So it's just making sure when you do this joy audit, actually, yeah, 
I do really enjoy that. I do really like that. I'm looking forward to that. And when you're doing that joy audit, it might help highlight the things you enjoy less of, might even help highlight the things people you enjoy spending less time with, you know, and so that can be part of your joy audit as well. So you might choose not to go on holiday with those people. But that said, if you know, actually, you feel real joy, connection and calm with certain people, maybe you could buddy up, you could go on holiday together, especially if you've got children, because then you might have more of a chance of getting a little bit of a break for yourself. You might feel less guilty about putting the kids in childcare, but of course that's an option too. You know, that is okay. Um, and maybe you can have some time for your partner or just time for yourself without feeling like other people are missing out. But you are allowed to prioritize yourself as well because you matter. And what we know about certainly children and families is that if we are more fulfilled, everybody else in our life benefits. And that's the bit that I think we forget. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, you can't really define a, a. Could you define a good or a bad holiday? Is is there such a thing as a good or a bad holiday then? In that case, <laughs> I mean, actually, I um, I can say <laughs> I have had bad holidays where I've been sick before. But how would you really define it? That's circumstantial, isn't it? You know, that can happen to all of us at different times. Yeah. But I think. Probably the worst holiday I had um, was when my youngest, no, my when my eldest was 13 months and I was really excited. You know, I really felt like I needed this holiday. Um, and I remember being in the restaurant on the first night and he just wanted to eat peas. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh dear, we well, he must be tired. You know, this is going to get better. It didn't because he developed a cold and it went to complete chaos. But yeah. even within that, so what I would say to myself again now if I was there is use time when you're there to nourish yourself even though there's less than optimal circumstances book yourself a massage go and spend half an hour by yourself on a sunbed reading your book it's okay you need this you matter you're important and actually when you come back to that after half an hour you'll have lo loads more gas in the tank to be able to mm. be your best version of yourself even with a cranky partner husband you know child <laughs> why is it that we struggle to allow ourselves to have time or, or even tell ourselves that we matter how has it got to a point in adulthood where that tends to be something that is difficult to do? I think quite often it's probably the way we've been parented, um, you know, made to feel grateful for what we've been given. Um, this crops up in therapy a lot. Um, even this week, someone had said their partner was amazing. And I was like, OK, really? How amazing? And they're like, oh, does this, that and the other. And I said, well, that just sounds like equal parenting to me that sounds like someone who respects you and wants you to have a nice life that doesn't sound amazing that sounds like no more than you deserve and actually when we look at that it can help us think about our experience of how we've been treated in the past you know you should be grateful for the fact that you've had this or that and the other um you know part of growing up you know eat that food. The starving children don't have that food. You should be grateful for that. And it's the messages yeah, that we hear about ourselves, um, you know, and even I think the concept of laziness is damaging as well. You know, if you're, if you're laying on the sofa, reading a book, someone might interpret that 
as being lazy, but you might be nourishing your soul. You might be decompressing. And actually, one of the things that reading does is it's incredibly mindful. If we're immersed in a story or immersed in learning something, we're just there in that moment in a way that we're often not at other times and in other activities. And so that's not lazy. That's really important. It's a chance to to go offline from everything else whilst going online with something that gives your body and your mind a break. So let's not think about holidays as as lazy or indulgent. Let's think about them as part of our wellness journey, something that really keeps us well. Yeah, thank you. I think that's going to resonate a lot with a lot of our listeners because feeling like you are worthy of it is is one part of the exercise I think we have to do before you even book a holiday thinking, no, I do deserve to work towards this and have this because wouldn't it just be tragic if, you know, we didn't get to experience as well these other cultures and adventures and it's it's not even about that sometimes. It's about just getting a different change of scene. So, We always um, leave each episode that we do with a food for thought. And I think mine today would be, it is really important for our health. And that's something that I don't think I've ever really thought about before. You know, holidays, I just thought, oh, if you can save up, go, it's a wonderful opportunity to explore, which of course it is. And I've learned from you about the moments of awe, which are good for our mental health and enable a stable uh, cognitive development. But it actually does help you in terms of you need to switch off. We We all deserve this and you deserve it to everyone listening. So if you think, you know, God, I've had a hard year work towards something that's within your realms of a bit of an escape. That would be my take-home message. Um, Marianne, I'm sure you can do much better than I at a take-home message there, but what advice would you give to the Food for Thought listeners about the fact that they need a holiday? (laughs) Yeah, you know, everybody does, and it doesn't need to be a really expensive or lavish holiday. It just needs to be, I guess it's that intention setting, isn't it? So, At the point where you're booking the holiday, it might be a nice idea to jot down on a piece of paper what your intentions are, what you're hoping to achieve from that holiday that you've just booked. Maybe you could just pop that in your passport. So when you go, it's with you. And then when you're about to have that holiday, maybe when you're on the plane, write another list of actually now you're about to take this holiday. Mm. What are your intentions? And compare them so that you're actually getting hopefully a middle ground between what you need versus what you wanted when you booked it so that you're not then going to shame yourself into feeling that you've wasted the money or wasted the opportunity. And maybe your current needs trump the needs of when you booked it because actually you're less well resourced at the point when you're about to take the holiday and that's okay. Just know that you matter and whatever type of holiday you want to take, that's okay it doesn't need to look like someone else's holiday. It needs to look what, like what lights you up. What's a good fit for you? What's a good fit for your family? We should have mentioned that comparison. I think oh, there's a phrase, isn't there? It's the thief of joy. And actually, especially in the world oh, yeah. of social media, you you see, um, like I see it with other people with kids the same age as mine. I'm like, how are you doing this luxurious holiday and you're getting to do X, Y, Z? Like, it's not all what you see online is basically not always the truth, is it, as well? So we're all unique. No, 
It certainly isn't. And actually, maybe the best holiday you'll have is one where you don't take that many photos and you just really focus on that mindful connection to kind of store up those nuggets so that I really think it's that holidays are for, are for helping you weather the storm in future. You know, the very idea that I can sit here at the age of 42 and reflect upon sitting in a hammock watching a sunset mm. in Thailand when I was 21, 22, yeah. that has got me through some really tricky times. It's got me through some good times as well because you don't always need to go back to them in times of stress. That's That's really excellent value for that holiday, isn't it? Oh, Marianne, that, that's really beautiful. And just a big thank you, I think, for coming on this special episode today. So this episode, everyone, has been brought to you by British Airways Holidays. And I guess if it's inspired you to take your holidays more seriously, I mean, I know it has me, for instance. I don't think I ever took them as seriously as I should have done. Now I will be for my health. Then everyone, you should just head over to ba.com forward slash holidays. British Airways Holidays encourages everyone to prioritise their well-being, which, hallelujah, it definitely does have an impact. And that's by taking their holidays seriously. So alongside competitive pricing, of course, their offerings include a 24-hour helpline, which I know is just, oh, it's so beneficial, carefully selected holidays, atoll protection, and a generous 23 kilogram per person baggage allowance. Moreover, securing your holiday requires just a 60 pound per person deposit. So customers can relax, rejuvenate and what I have learned more importantly than anything from this episode switch off so search ba.com forward slash holidays for more right that's it if you're enjoying food for thought you will love what we have coming up in future episodes I have no doubt so if you're not already you just have to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so this means you get a little notification bell I wish I'd known about it earlier there is a lot of misinformation out there and I really hope that we're continuing to bring you the latest research along with our special guests to ensure that you're just getting the best experience possible so if you are enjoying our episodes and you're learning lots then please do leave us a review or get in touch this will help enormously and ultimately help us reach more people and make sure we're doing the right thing by you and giving you the right information so if you want to learn more about the best-selling books the clinic perhaps you need to book in to see one of our fantastic clinicians or to find out more about retrition plus you can find everything you need to know on retrition.com and you can follow of course me on retrition on all social media platforms yes i'm even on tiktok now guys so you can head over there and check it out 